Godfrey Cambridge is Gravedigger Jones. Raymond St. Jock is Coffin Head Johnson. Look out for a brother, man. What you gonna play now? Is it going crazy? Gosh, I'm hungry. Baby, baby, one, baby, Blackie is black. And you're black. He was as big as Muhammad Ali. Black is beautiful. Right on. Uh, Hello and welcome, and today will be a Lost episode, and for those who haven't heard a Lost episode or don't know what I call a Lost episode, that's where I go deep into my life archives and talk to either friends and family. And today, we'll be discussing a topic if you live long enough, you will all have to deal with, and you hear about that next here on the lost episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. Find Mike Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the last episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today I have uh, two lifelong friends of mine, uh, Brian Golston and Craig Tippett. Uh, growing up, we all had nicknames, so if you hear somebody say Slim, that will be, speak up, Slim. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and if we say country. Will it be Craig? Yeah, yeah. So, and they're going to slip it at some point and not call me JB. They're going to call me John or either Black or God knows what else. So, uh, how you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. Yeah. I mean, Craig. Yeah. And um, so, we grew up together. We went to high school together. And Slim, do you remember when, about the age that we first met? Uh I'm saying I moved over there the summer right before. No, we moved over there the summer right after my eighth grade year, turn of middle. Okay. So we spent the summer, so that had to be around 75, 76, somewhere around there. Craig, when when did you join the clan? We were all in high school. So that had to be about, what, 77, 78? Yeah. And who did you meet first? I take it, Amon? I don't, I don't remember. I think whoever, 
It, it, had to, it probably was because he stated right now in the street. So no, uh, uh-uh. it was Anthony. Well, he I wouldn't he say Anthony until we got to school. So you know, my stayed right down the street. Right. Because I was gonna say I don't remember Anthony. Yeah, I thought it was Anthony. So right. Anthony lived on Vine Grove. Yeah, dear departed Anthony until after we met Craig. Mm-hmm. At least in my recollection. Um, well, I know who the first person I met. Who was that? It was Mar- Marty. Was it? Yeah, it was Marty, because when we moved over, me and Marty was in the band together at Turner Middle. So that's how I met Marty. And then uh, once we got there, I think it might have been Ronnie. That would have the second person. That would have been my first guess. Nah, it was Ronnie. Marty was my first person. Because like I said, we was in the band together at Turner Middle. We played the same instrument. And then uh, it was Ronnie. Ronnie was the second person. And what instrument was that? <laughs> no, you had to ask me. <laughs> we, me and Marty played the tuba. We played the tuba. That's right. He was on one end and I was on the other. <laughs> the funny thing about that was Slim was all of, what, six foot something and probably... And 130 pounds. pounds. <laughs> if and, that much. And Marty was all of five foot ten and probably close to 200 pounds. So... Or over that, <laughs> so you had the, you had this weird look. Um, uh, this. No, we had the perfect, we had the perfect number ten playing tuba, so that's what it was. Or <laughs> <laughs> right, what? What are they actually called? Sousaphones or something like Sousaphones, that? Sousaphones, yeah, right. sousaphones <laughs> is the actual true definition of it. So you were the <laughs> school sousaphone players, and uh, you know you were. Not your usual band geeks, because you were both athletes, too. So True, 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 true. <laughs> um, but actually, most of the band at Turner Middle was, most of the band, at, most of the band were athletes, if you think about it. Right. And think about who the athletes were. That's true. Kenny, uh, Kenny played, Kenny, uh, played trumpet. Uh, no, Kenny played French horn. Right. William Shank played French horn. Uh, Maurice Haynes was in the band. Was. A couple other guys was in there. So we were we were Renaissance people before we knew we were Renaissance people. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, it's quite easy to understand where um, Slim got his name from because he was, uh, as Coach Brown used to say, "Get your skinny beanpole butt over <laughs> over in the, over in that corner." But Craig, how did you get your nickname, Country? <laughs> I call myself trying to dress a little bit. And I wore some pants to school that were red that had dragons in it. <laughs> <laughs> and a mom saw me in these pants and said, Where y'all get this country from? <laughs> And the name stuck. <laughs> I, and look, I remember them past too. <laughs> well, obviously I do because that's why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, I had to ask that question. I didn't have no problem with that. <laughs> so I called us the. You know, we were called the Delta House Animals because God knows I what, what the name was. 
what could happen at any time when you had any of the 13 together. We, there was 13 of us, and uh, God helped the rest of the world when we got together. Um, what, in your guys' mind, and I'll let you go first, Craig, um, made the 13 special? It, was, it wasn't really a group. It was more like a family. Everybody got along with each other. Everybody had their turn with everybody. They hung out. And then I think what really made it special, most of us knew, mothers knew each other. Yeah. And, um, and for you, uh, Slim, what do you think made the, the group special? Our friendship. I guess each, each of us had certain qualities. Well, we all had the same qualities. And that's what made us all special. We like having fun. We are athletic. You know, we just enjoyed ourselves, had a good time. You know, and then, like I say, like Craig said, our, our mothers met each other because of us. Right. And I, I think the only true mothers who actually knew one another without us was my mom, Miss Minor, and Miss Foster. Right. You know, my mom met Miss O'Kelly. Because of Joe, I think she met mom. Our mom, John, didn't meet until we was almost grown. Right. Until they met, and like I said, it was just—I mean, if you think about each of us, we all are somewhat alike, you know. And I think that's that's what's special for me, you know, because we are who we are. We're special to one another. You know, Look, nobody you put on. Remember, your mom knew my dad too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't remember that, but yeah. So we we just, I think that's what's special for me, man. You gotta say. Yeah, I mean, my mother. We, knew, we're family. Right, my mother knew uh, Ronnie's mother and Miss Leek, um, because the Fosters went to St. Matthew grade school, and. The leaks went to St. Matthew's Church, so we all had some type of connection somehow, some way. But it was, to me, it was unique in the sense that you had 13 young men in the inner circle, and then a bunch of people in the outer circle. Uh, some of you went on to marry some of those people in the outer circle, and I'll get to that later. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> um. But we uh, kept each other out of trouble. We kept each other humble. Uh, instead of getting each other in trouble, it was like, don't bring the trouble into the circle. And uh, we weren't a gang. We weren't uh, committing. We weren't about making trouble. Right. We weren't we, committing no, no illegal activities, none of that kind of stuff. We just liked having fun and playing sports. Right. I think we were the only – our neighborhood versus other neighborhoods was, was unique for us. You know, going up to Tandy and, and, and behind Turner Middle playing on the field, playing football in the dead of winter, you know, <laughs> or whatever the sport might have been, you know. Or, or I tell you what else is what, what resonates with me, John, is the neighborhood versus the Blackshirts and the basketball game at St. Matthews. <laughs> I don't recall this, but speak of it. You don't remember where, it was, you know, it was five Blackshirt brothers. Yeah, then yeah. you had. Then you had uh, the brother-in-laws, 
you know, so it was seven or eight of you guys. Then everybody from the neighborhood, the, well, me, Ronnie, Craig, Carl, Kenny Hutch, anybody else, we would challenge the Blackshirts in the basketball game at St. Matthews. You know, we would get the father Gator would give us the key. Yeah. And we just let us in the gym, and we just have at it. Well, we had a lot of that going on there where people allowed us either the gym or some space to, you know, mm. to uh, be ourselves or even the vacant lot next to my parents' home. Quirk Mom. Yeah. Was a, <laughs> until, until Michael came out there. <laughs> or football, yeah. My, uh, yeah, my brother played uh, Division three college football, and nobody wanted to play football <laughs> with, you know, he okay. was, you know, starting linebacker for the football team at the high school. Uh, when I say Sumner High, Craig, what does that mean to you? Sumner was a place where it was like a family for a high school. I mean, there was nobody that had any altercations with principal made sure that it was more of a family because every day you had to hear family. <laughs> yep, that's true. He would greet us in the morning coming in the building. He actually knew almost everybody by name. Yeah. And it was, was coming to something that was different because I came from Bashan. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, when I moved over here, I didn't even know where Sumner was. I had to go find it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I, I, I'm very grateful for that time. I'm very grateful for moving in the neighborhood. I don't think I could have been with a better group of guys. And uh, Slim, for you, when you hear the name Sumner High, what does it mean to you? Pride, history, family, you know. I, that's what it means for me, you know, just the pride, the, the history of the school, you know, what it what it instilled. Because, see, what a lot of people don't know, I think by the time we, well, I know by the time we got to Sumner, my cousin, my one of my older cousins in my family had talked at Sumner for years, I mean decades, yeah. that she had been at Sumner, and a lot of people didn't know that. And uh, she had retired by the time we got there, but just hearing the stories and everything. My mom was a graduate of that shine. You know, like most kids, you want to go where your parent went. Right. I never wanted to do that. I always wanted to go to Sumner. Always. And that was that was the thing for me. Sumner was history, the pride of it, of right. the school. Well, you know. when you say history, it's the oldest all-black high school west of the Mississippi. Um, it was uh, named after uh, an anti-slave senator from uh, Massachusetts. And um, it was a place where uh, the area where we grew up in was called the Ville, short for the village, was the area where black uh, professionals raised their families in the uh, early 1900s. And... Um, and the anchors were Sumner High School and Homer G. Phillip Hospital, which was a teaching hospital for black doctors and nurses. So um, that's the history of it. It's, 
Unfortunately, the hospital has been closed, which ripped the heart out of the neighborhood, but the high school is uh, still hanging on, still carrying on. Jamie. Yo. They reopened that hospital on Jefferson and Cass. Did they? No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. It's called Homer G, but actually, it is a, uh, a urgent care Where with two hospitals, with two, with two beds in it. So that's... <laughs> What what's going on with the homage thing is that they are the nurses association affiliated with homage are fighting for uh, the guy to change the name because it's not nothing to do with homage no no backing of it whatsoever no teaching going wow. on no nothing no nothing it's an urgent care it's oh, okay. it's an urgent care and they put it on the land of uh, Purago. Purago. Uh, houses used to be. So. Pruitt Igo was the uh, one of the largest. Um, what did they call those projects? Things? Yeah, projects, uh, housing projects in the country. Right. You had uh, you had that, and then you had Cap- Caprini Green in Chicago, which, <clears throat> and uh, there was one in New York also, and it was just a way to cluster black people and to keep them. Right. And to keep them down and to keep them out of housing, you know, exactly. home ownership. I never forget my mother celebrating when that went to, when they tore that um, down. <laughs> and they actually just started to rebuild. I see a lot of people didn't know the reason why it took them so long to rebuild on it is because it was contaminated land. Right. And it's still somewhat contaminated. Uh, but it is what it is. <clears throat> and that was, a lot of that contamination was from, they found out something being sprayed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, government, then, the government ran a test, and maybe you guys know more than I do. Uh, either one of you know more than... Uh, no. Okay. I don't. I just know it was contaminated land. I thought it was asbestos, you know, but I don't know what if, what if it was... But I'm glad it's gone. I just hope they just do the right thing by it. Right. But yes, so the history of Sunder goes a long ways. Right. Build actual houses, not a not a project, not right. apartments, but actual homes that people can own. Um, supposedly, St. Louis, you bought up a, a lot of land downtown. Uh, supposedly, they, they're going mainly... From Washington, south and east, uh, yeah, they bought up a lot of stuff, but they're not. I don't think they're building any homes. They're just expanding the school. You know, it's, it's a different world between Grand and Grand and Compton and Washington and uh, Highway. Well, Washington and what's and Forty Four, where the, the hospital and everything else is different. Looks. Totally. Um, just to finish off that comment I was making, supposedly uh, they were, not supposedly, it was found out they were testing some type of chemical. And we were always told that they were spraying for mosquitoes and <laughs> um, some type of chemical agent um, throughout those neighborhoods and was basically a cancer-causing agent. So, uh, yes, we were 
you know, you hear about the uh, the syphilis trials, the, mm-hmm. the Tuskegee uh, syphilis trials. Well, this is on the same vein, uh, using black people as guinea pigs again. So if people wonder why um, blacks don't trust medicine or like when we were going through the, the whole COVID uh, vaccination thing and blacks weren't uh, running to get vaccinated at first. Those are the reason why. Um, but to move back to our, our youth, um, and we were talking about things being special, um, there was a way we, you know, because we basically went to school together every day. There was a special way that we greeted each other as we. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Which one of you like to, uh, Craig, would you like to speak on that? <laughs> I'm going to let Slim do it. Okay. <laughs> okay, basically, every morning we would see one another. We would yell, we would yell out each other's mother's name. <laughs> so as as one would pick up the next to pick up the next, they would yell out the next person's mother's name. And um, I don't, I'm quite sure our mothers really didn't care about that, but <laughs> careful. Oh for that. no, I had one. <laughs> it was one. It was one. Every time she saw me, she hit me. I heard you. I could have been on the other side of the city. I heard you call my name. Nope. <laughs> Whose mother was that? A mine's, oh. Mrs. Z's. Do anybody know how we got his mother's name? No, I... I forgot. I, I, I don't know. I was the boy one and went and asked. You, you asked her what her first name was? Yes, oh. I did. <laughs> you, and you didn't get smacked in the mouth? <laughs> I don't think I made it out the driveway before I could start yelling it. <laughs> I was so mad at her. That's right, because none of us knew it. Well, that was the last one name we had to get. I said, I'm right. <laughs> You had a lot of balls there, young man. <laughs> a, a whole, a whole lot, a whole lot. Well, you know, I used to hang down there with them though, so she knew me. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And you used to be in the backyard with them. I used to go up there with a mine. So she knew me. It wasn't like she didn't know me. Right. Oh, okay. So that was that was good. She knew you because, like I say, you, you was you was brave to ask her name. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Think back. Out of all of our mothers. She was the only one that frightened everybody. <laughs> yeah. And it, it wasn't that she was frightening, frightening. You knew not to play with her. Right. But she had a look on her finger. <laughs> exactly. And a, and a slap on the arm. Right. Because my arm hurt a whole lot of times behind them slaps. And everybody but, um, feared my old man. And who was cool as a fan. <laughs> the black shit was cool as I don't know what. You know, everybody, your dad was the, was everybody feared him because he was quiet. Right? <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't say nothing. He just had this look about him like don't play with me. You know, 
And when he came, everybody stood at attention. <laughs> he probably go in the house and go upstairs and start laughing at us. <laughs> Do you know what word he, what two words he said? Remember no. what? All right, no. <laughs> that's yeah, all he said. Yeah. He yeah, that's right. That's what he did. <laughs> and he just kept going into the house. You know, we'd all be standing there afraid to, y'all be afraid to move. Y'all would say hello, <laughs> but be afraid to move. And he would go, all right, now. And he just. He walk up, look at, raise his head up, look at us, and say what he had to say. Put his head down and go on in the house. <laughs> Now I I've been told by some of some of you guys that he would pull you guys aside and tell you don't be screwing up because he didn't want people screwing up around his kids. Did either one of you guys get that t- that, that Not me. <laughs> Craig you ever get Not that? me. I don't remember exactly but I he probably did. I Ron, can see that happening. Ronnie told me that he Not saying you're doing anything or whatnot. Just make sure that you don't get in trouble because I don't want my kids getting in trouble with you. So <laughs> Ronnie said he just went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he had nothing to worry about because if you think about our whole neighborhood, the 13 plus the others in the neighborhood, I can't think of anybody in particular that went to, that went to jail or, or got in trouble you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, what's funny? I don't know. I don't know if Craig's trying to tell us something that we don't mm, know. A certain football trip? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you might have, was you might have was been gone. Go ahead. What were you fast, man? I said, we were good and grown then. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we were right out of high school. You're right. We were. Yeah. We were. Somebody, no. somebody decided, no. decided to do over 90 in his car, and we got pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and missed the football game. Yeah. <laughs> was that going to state? Yep. Going to KC. What a state. I see. I missed that because I was off at school. school right. So and, uh, I was going to school. And I was home the thing for about it was, here's the thing. We didn't have a way to the game. I was barely driving in. Ain't he said, do not speed. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Craig, do not speed. Yes, ma'am. Got on that highway. <laughs> and I think me and uh, Murray's Hayes sister yep. flying past each other. We taking turns. Police pulled both of us over. Mm-hmm. You want to know how that happened? He pulled me over first. Right. Pointed at you. I was in front. Pointed at you. He waved her over. Right. <laughs> I asked her why she stopped. I would have never stopped. I didn't know you was waving at me. <laughs> we locked both of us up. Wow. We was about... 10 miles back in there, off the highway somewhere. Mm-hmm. Clocked you. So the- they didn't want to leave me. Right. I'm like, y'all go ahead and go to the game. We'll work this out later. <laughs> yep. Clocked you at 91. They said it's. No, clocked me at, clocked her at 91, clocked me at 91 plus. 
said if we were doing 89, they would have let us go. Right. Yeah, wow. You, you were over 90. And they asked, wow. asked if anybody else could drive, and I didn't have my license, and Anthony said, yeah, I can. And he said, well, you might as well take your car and keep going because <laughs> he's going <laughs> to be in for a while. <laughs> well, well, if I'm not mistaken, John, you didn't even have a driver's license. Did you? No, that's what I said. I didn't drive. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have a driver's license to you by 40. No, I was well, speaking of driving 26. License. Remember what we used to do leaving high school football games? To who? When we was all in the car together, we get to a light. Oh, get out and <laughs> <laughs> Chinese fire drill. <laughs> all get out and switch places. <laughs> and what happened one day? Who ended up behind the wheel? Wasn't me, because I never got behind the wheel. He never. <laughs> if, if he did, I wasn't in that car. <laughs> I got behind. I swear the you ended up behind that wheel no, one day. No, I don't think I did. And if I did, I didn't go far. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get my license until after I was married. So living up there. Yeah, forced, basically forced to. So no, but they yeah. License? Do anybody remember the license we went through? Huh? You remember getting your driver's license? Are you a permit? Yeah. You remember when? Uh, I was 17, almost 18. We were all at my house on bikes and decided we wanted to go take the written test. Well, no, nah, I wasn't there because when I took it, uh, when I took it, we had moved to U-City. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had moved to U-City. It might have been you and Anthony. We were like four or five of us. But it wasn't me, because I know I didn't get mine until we moved to U-City. Wasn't me either. So, no. <clears throat> so you all went on your bikes to take the... They left me. Left you? I couldn't leave right there. Auntie had me doing something. And they left me laughing. I ended up being the only one that passed the written test that day. <laughs> I don't know who all it could have been. It might have been Robert or, or, or Carl. No, it was probably... Uh, Robert was driving everybody around there. Right. Robert had his, I think. It was probably you and Anthony. I think it was me and Anthony, probably Rodney. Right. And maybe... Might have been just us three. Right. Maybe Amon. No, Amon was gone. <clears throat> he might have been gone, I think. Because remember, Amon went, uh, went to the Army not long after high school. Right. So, I don't know. I know it wasn't me. <laughs> so, um, me. what, um, speaking of weird stuff, what, um, what is your favorite or most memorable prank in high school that we pulled off? <laughs> the locker with the fish net. Shoe? Was it a shoe or was it the nothing? Uh, it was the shoe and the, it was a shoe that somebody rigged with the uh fish with the fishing line. Right. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who did it. It was me. Hiding a lot. Mine's was, mine's was. Remember the old store up under Miss Foster them? Yeah. And mm -hmm. we broke the bubble gum machine and got all the rigs and stuff. We in the hallway. 
hallway marrying folks. Right. <laughs> that was mine. Yeah, the church. Uh, Marty and I spoke of this. The church of better fools and jackasses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If folks were actually coming down there paying to get married. married yeah. <laughs> Buying their 10 cent ring and getting married. Uh, yeah. Not knowing that we not knowing we had bust open the bubblegum machine to get the rings. <laughs> and I didn't know this, but um, Joe Leak owned that store basically at that time, even though it wasn't open. <laughs> For real? Yeah, Marty told me that. It's like, huh? <laughs> I said, if I'd known that your dad owned that place, we never would have kicked in the door. Look, I wasn't going to say how we got the ring, but you just said it. Kicked in. <laughs> we could have been told for breaking it in the ring. Well, you know who kicked it in. Remember, it was Amon. King of... Was it who? Amon. The, the donut king. <laughs> he is the donut king now yeah. in St. Louis. That's for certain. But uh, yeah, he was the one. Because we wow. kicked, we kicked on it for like a week, and it finally gave. <laughs> it would, it was... <laughs> Look, the only time it was able to be kicked on was Sundays. That was bad to say. Right. But the only time, the only time we can kick it was on a Sunday, and the only reason we could do it on a Sunday because we knew Miss Foster was at church all day long. <laughs> That is the only reason. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got one for you. Yeah. Do you all remember throwing bottles at the cabs as they passed by the house and diving in the window? <laughs> I don't and remember that. <laughs> I do not recall that. That's crazy. <laughs> we was, okay, remember where we lived at, mm-hmm. you know, I, we had a little porch. On, right. Uh, but the window raised up from the bottom up, and you had to kind of duck to get under it. And uh, it was me, Ronnie, I'm John, sorry. I could sworn you was part of that. But um, <clears throat> Marty and somebody else. But anyway, somebody would call a cab. <laughs> and as the cab would pass by the house, we would throw bottles at it and dive under the window. Back into the house and the cab driver wouldn't know where it was coming from. <laughs> that happened a couple times. Then somebody said, we need to stop. Yeah, I can imagine. It's like, where would anybody think that that was? <laughs> that, man, we, that was we, had some, we did some crazy things. Come on. Yeah, minds. <laughs> we, we, young teenage minds doing crazy things. Uh, That's a Throwing the peaches from the peach tree. No, I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just unique, man. I don't think anybody, I don't, I can't say anybody, I don't think there's a group of 14, 13, 14, 15 people that are still as close as we are to one another. You know, and that, that's, that's what's special to me, you know. Right. As close as that we still have. Well, and none of us, um, like we said, none of us wound up in jail for longer than a night. Because uh, <laughs> they came and got you that night. So, uh, 
Yeah, we went to the game. Anthony drove all the way back home and then drove all the way back to come with your uncle or whoever to come get with you. With my dad. dad. <laughs> come he get rode you. back with my daddy. He didn't drive. Daddy drove back. Right. I was like, man, and missed the game. <laughs> I get out Mr. there and I'm finna go sit down. First thing they do is hand me the keys. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> After all that, they handed you the keys. They were tired. <laughs> well, that's I'll true. <laughs> and they knew you weren't going to act up at that point. So, um, so seventy-eight four Granada. So, you know, in this age of um, technology and whatnot, we were the generation that technology basically first hit, which was uh, video games. Mm. <laughs> you know, from uh, Pac-Man to Miss Pac-Man to, you know, asteroids and all that crap, to then having them being able to come into, you know, the house. Um Till now, how has technology probably affected you and us? What are your thoughts on how it's affected us and as we've grown older and whatnot? I think about the kids of the day, and I don't think they could have played some of the games we played growing Because <laughs> I remember Tecmo Bowl, that game there. It's just, I don't know, it was like a, on an old computer. It'd be like an old computer game for these kids today. We didn't know nobody. We thought it was the best game in the world. Man, I'm in trouble. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sitting at, I'm sitting at the wrong house. Uh-oh. <laughs> what, are you working? No, you know, we're moving. Oh. And uh, I'm supposed to be at the other house waiting on... Uh, Furniture be delivered. <laughs> and I'm sitting at this house and, and Pee Wee's out. Pee Wee texting me <laughs> saying they at the house. <laughs> so, well, you can stay on the phone. I, oh, I am. I, I, I'm, I'm walking out the door now. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing in a few minutes. I'm walking out the door now and getting ready to. Uh, you're not the first person I've talked to on the <laughs> driving, them driving in the car. So he's like the third or fourth person I've talked to on this podcast as they've driven. So life doesn't Man, stop. She's she going to kill me. <laughs> Cause she, I can't. What's that? I said, she didn't call me like two or three times. And I'm saying, I'm on the podcast. <laughs> Yep, she's going. She's going to kill you. Um, I can hear her now. <laughs> so we had spoke earlier about some of us marrying other people that we grew up with. And example, you <laughs> married your longtime crush. Yes. <laughs> um, go ahead. I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, my longtime crush. She. Everybody in the neighborhood knew I was in love with her, but her. 
everybody. Or maybe she didn't want to like, want to know. Like, no, she <laughs> said she didn't know. She said she didn't know. She said she didn't know. And you both had been married before, right? So what what brought you to the point of asking her out and then marrying her? Um. My mom was in the hospital. My mom was in the hospital. And I was there seeing mama. And she was there seeing uh, Chichelle's mom. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm sorry, guys. She's texting me, too. Yep. <laughs> Just tell her you're on the way. I said that, but she... <laughs> no, we're talking about... <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm in the car. I'm driving. <laughs> Her yelling at you ain't gonna get you there any fast. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> I know she'll be all right. So, yeah, so anyway, so um, funny. I mean, I was like, say, I was going to see Mama, and I was on the phone. When she was walking out, and I was on the phone with your brother Mike, and she was walking past. I said, "Oh, so you ain't gonna speak?" And when she walked back to me, I touched her hair, mm-hmm. and uh, we stood there and talked a few minutes. Then she went on her way, and I finished talking to Michael, and then the rest is history. The rest is history. She became Miss Ghosted. Because we have uh, you and Geraldine, or Pee-wee, Carl and Annette, Robert and um, Loretta. Loretta. Right. uh, Harrison and her twin sister, Janetta. Yeah. Clayton and Paula, who started it all. Because they, I think they dated from middle school <laughs> middle high school no actually I asked Clayton that you know what he told me he said he didn't start dating Paula until their sophomore year oh, okay that he was dating he was dating somebody else in school Come on, yeah. he was dating somebody <laughs> else in school uh, don't on, run don't run into anybody got to get out of my way. I I, I I don't mind a fight, but damn. <laughs> Joe's sitting there. God dang it. <laughs> so, Clay just started all this, man. They had been dating. He told me they had been dating. Because he was dating somebody else. And uh, But Paula really liked him. And, uh, because remember when Clayton had that, his apartment over on Washington? Yeah. Of course I do. That's, that's when he started dating Paula. Okay. When he had his little apartment over there on Washington. I ain't gonna say it was an apartment, it was a one room, wasn't it? I'm gonna say a studio, one room. You had to go down the hall to use the bathroom. Yeah. So, um, before Slim gets in trouble and, and, and get hit on the top of the head with a, well, he's in trouble before he gets abused and we have to call the police. <laughs> what do you think made uh, it for us to continue to, like, 
and basically be successful in life and raise families and whatnot? What was the, what you guys' mind, what was the key? Because, you know, um, statistics say a group of 13 young black males, that's not supposed to happen. Well, for me, for me, they just, they wasn't raised in our, our neighborhood wasn't about trouble, fighting, games. All we wanted to do was have fun and play sports. Our parents laid a foundation for us where we saw them get up every day and go to work. Yep. And they instilled and they instilled in us the, how to be successful. <laughs> that that's it for me. That is it for me. Great, you I want to say it was a team thing. I want to say it was there was motivation because no one in my family was did anything like went to school or continuously worked. And I want to say my my motivation was my dad. My dad was my motivation, even though I had other peers that motivated me. That made sure I stayed in line. I guess going to church too. My church family made sure. But I want to say my my, my upbringing. So what do, what do you guys think has carried you through these past couple of crazy years of um, Donald Trump and COVID and everything? You know, um, you know, civil unrest and all the things that we went through in the past two two and a half years. What makes you continue to uh, carry on and do positive? At this point in my life, it's my grandkids because I'm more of their their peer. And I know we all need peers. And I, I feel like I'm their peer, so I have to you mean make a way for them to see so they'll know what route they need to go as they grow. Right. So you, you, mean, you mean mentors. Uh, Slim, for you? Uh, for me, it, it's, it was about... It's, it's being uh, productive, you know, helping and, and, and doing whatever it is uh, for myself, family, my children, my grandchildren, my players, you know, being a, being a role model, you know. So that's it for being, being there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the same for me, but also just... Wanting just to continue what my parents had instilled in me. <laughs> I take it you arrived to where you're supposed to be. You know it. I you must <laughs> hurry my call. <car> <laughs> I need to I need to check one thing first. Okay. Before I tell them which way to go. Oh. As I always say with this podcast, life. Oh. Life happens as this podcast. I've had. Um, babies show up on it pets parking background so and now i'm about to have a good friend killed by his wife so <laughs> um jb i want to take a moment to tell you something what's that thank you for what for getting me out of st louis for a little while okay yeah i was going to ask you about because you are a uh, university of minnesota alumnus you didn't graduate but anytime you take one class you're an alumnus so Ooh, those were fun times. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. I, you know, I play old man bass play with this one guy. He and I have known each other for a decade plus, playing against each other, playing with each other. And he starts talking about this guy named Craig from St. Louis, and I just started looking at him like he's crazy. <laughs> and I said, I'm real quick. Was that? Yeah, he, he just um, looked at me and. Um, 
He finally said to me, did you know this guy named Craig from St. Louis? I said, and I finally looked at him and said, yeah, who do you think brought him here? And it was um, Rich Ellis. We call him Doc. Yep. And um, he said that you were the star of the dorm. The, uh, what do you call it, team? The, uh, the broom, the, the, the broom, we play with broom. Broom ball. Broom ball. Broom ball. Yeah. I had never heard of that until I got there. Right, yeah. And, hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I got you guys on mute. I can hear you. I had never knew what that was. And and it sounded like you enjoyed it because two things happened with broomball. You run around and hit a ball and you drink. So Well, we ain't gonna talk about drinking. <laughs> so what else was your recollection of your University of Minnesota days? My most of my time was spent in the equipment room dealing with Matt. Yeah. Mr. Broadfoot. Yes. Matt's Harry was Harry was of a different nature. <laughs> yeah. He bought the shortest person I knew that was tough. Yep. Yeah, Harry's still with, of course, he's long retired from athletics. He goes fishing every day that he that isn't cold or isn't snowing. He doesn't ice, does not ice fish, but as soon as the ice disappear on the lakes, he's out there every day. John, what was the guy named that worked on the mat that had the mustache? Oh, that was Jack. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> yeah. He <Jack>. was funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jack Johnson. That's who I replaced. He unfortunately came down with cancer and was told he had six months to live, and within six months he was gone. <clears throat> so he retired that the day he found out, he retired that, basically that day. And um, I was working as their intern at that time. And they brought me on at that point to replace him. He told me it was his wish. He went to management and his wish that it was that I would be the one to replace him. So I'm thankful to Jack for that. But yeah, they were a strange group to <laughs> to work under. But they had they, me drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> that, there was more than Diet Coke in the Diet Coke, though. So now I bring up a question. I don't know if you remember this. I want to know who told on me. Do you remember a certain pizza incident? Oh yeah, it was the players. Who got hired? Yeah, it was the players that turned <laughs> told on you. They all told on each other. I know what happened. Right, but it was. I walked into the office. They was like, "So what happened last night?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. You know anything about some pizza? Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So you had to work to help pay for that too, huh? Wow. <laughs> Hanging out with recruits, having fun, and instead of just asking somebody to buy some pizza. Well, they ran out of the Man. they ran out of the money to buy stuff for the recruits. You know, you got so back then. Somebody got, decided to be smart yeah. and order pizza and send it to a different dorm. <laughs> and guys, Yo. hey, you don't even have to unwrap it. Just leave it wrapped up. I'll unwrap. It. Uh, You're off from you. You can take it out the boxes. Just, if, <laughs> you just leave it in the plastic. <laughs> he muted you. Mute. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mute. <laughs> he muted. He hey, man, muted I'm, trying to keep, I'm trying to stay out of trouble, man. <laughs> I'm all, but I already got to argue now anyway because I wasn't here in the first place. <laughs> you you getting a look? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm getting some words. They don't need no look. <laughs> oh, damn, it's 20. I'm late. This is the job. Now I'm late. She ain't uh, laid hands on you, have you? Has she? Oh, no. I ain't no laying on hands nobody. Sorry. No, but what Craig was talking about isn't actual the infamous 
Gulf of uh, football pizza incident. It, it, it is actual. It is an actual piece of gopher football, as they call it, lore or history. Somebody, he, Craig was with a bunch of football players with some recruits, and <laughs> and they ran out of the money that they were allowed it to buy dinner and snacks for recruits. Oh. And called and ordered pizzas, and somebody, and I know which player, I'm not going to mention his name. Put on was a, a homie, too. Put on a ski, no, he was from, actually, he was from Chicago. The one that did it was from Chicago. Um, had a ski mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Robbed the guy. Snatched the pizza, but the guy was actually able to grab the mask off. And knew that he, he looked at him and said, "Hey, you're a football player." Oh, shit, me. <laughs> you don't know about that. No. And so they were uh, the driver. The driver reported it to his boss, and they um, <laughs> they were uh, they turned into one guy who then turned into everybody else. Everybody was four of us. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> they were not happy that you guys performed that way with recruits. And the funny thing is the guys that they had, they were hosting, all signed <laughs> to come there and play. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but they had to do uh, community service. Mets called me all kind of names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do community oh. service to pay off. Clear. Uh, John knew nothing about it. He's sitting there with his mouth open going, huh? <laughs> like, what the hell are you guys? <laughs> wow. Yeah, y'all were tripping. <laughs> Nobody got kicked off, but they uh, they had to serve some community service time and, and also pay back for the cost of the pizza. Yeah, our, well, they're supposed to. Our boss well, my, was... My incident... My, my incident up there, Craig, I was, well, Craig wasn't there then when I came up there for a visit. No. Craig, I'm up there on a visit, and I'm visiting John. I'm staying with John. It was some party he took me to. It was, uh, some probate party. It was a probate party, a kappa, a single kappa that crossed line. He was up there by himself. He had crossed, right? Craig, we go to the party. There's this guy at this party, and we kept saying to each other, man, I know you. I know you, man. He said, where are you from? I said, I'm from St. Louis. Where uh, JB from? You know, me and JB went to school, blah, blah, blah. I said, where are you from? I'm from New York. So I'm like, New York? I don't know nobody in New York. Man, how, you, how you look so familiar to me? So look, so we we kicking it. And actually, he was a DJ. For, he ended up working for one of the radio stations. Travis, so anyway, we, we sitting Lee. there. Right. So we sitting there. We talking. And we partying. It's night going. We go home. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. John's phone starts ringing at his apartment. He picks up the phone, tell me, hello. He throws me the phone, tell me, it's for you. I'm like, who calling me? I pick up the phone. I say, hello. The dude starts yelling in the phone, hollering Missouri. <laughs> he starts, I mean, hollering Missouri. So that brought back a memory when I was a kid, about 10 years old. I had an uncle who lived in New York. He was a cook. Oh, chef, rather. And he worked for a camp in New York that was in the mountains called All Souls Camp. And this guy, me and him, was at the camp together. And he, he remembered you? Me. He remembers me from the camp. Wow. 
He remembered it from the camp. Two o'clock in the morning, half. Oh wait a minute, and John. Yeah. You you owe you owe me uh, you owe me a bottle of something. <laughs> Why is that? When you found out when when I told you I was coming up, you had me go to the store and buy two bottles of a certain alcohol, put in my suitcase to bring up for the party. I wonder whether it was a B and an M. No, it was not a B and an M. <laughs> it was it was something ever clear. Oh. <laughs> it was ever clear in my in my suitcase, the airport somehow busted the bottles of Everclear. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My stuff. I had to wash my clothes when I got there. I mean, the huh? airport somehow busted. You know how they busted? You worked oh, in the <laughs> You worked in the yeah, baggage it, 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 for a while. <laughs> I had it all wrapped up all nice and neat. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't last too long. It was all in my bag. In my bag. Now they would just take it out. They would just take it because they, as they check your bag, you know, because they go through your bags and even claim they don't. Oh, yeah, but they can't. Yeah, you're right. They take it. Right. They sure take them. Because I recently went on a trip and my bag was not zipped the way I know because I zipped my bag a, a certain way. Uh-huh. It was not. It was not the way that I just when I got it back at the end of the trip. Um, so we were kind of just talking about becoming adults and facing life. And, um, did you, did you ever think you would hit the age? Of, and what does uh, hitting 60 mean to you guys? No. I never thought I would hit 60. Honestly, getting here is, uh, is special. It's special because to look back on my life, the things, the things that I've accomplished, you know, and and truthfully, I can say I have a couple regrets, but not a lot. Right. You know, so but other than that, I mean, I'm happy with where I am in, in life. And you, you got to accomplish things like go play college basketball and mm-hmm. uh, work certain jobs and raise kids. Um, yep. Craig, you, we were talking about your your time up here and. You know, you've gone off and done other things. I mean, I, I, you know, I look at our group and the things that we, the different things, you know, be it military or police office, public servants or coaches and whatnot, we've always seemed to be given back in somehow in some way. Why do you think that is that we're always in a mode to uh, serve others? I think a lot of it got to do with our upbringing, seeing how we were raised and who helped us. And we want to make it better for the youth of the day. I I think it's, I I think, even though we were helped coming up, but we didn't get, we, we were a group that didn't need a lot of help. You know what I'm saying? We had Father Gator. We had Coach Brown, Coach Walls, you know, because uh, actually none of the none of the dads in the neighborhood, you know, really played sports with us. Right. You know, other than well, Craig, dad, your dad and Uncle Craig uh, was the softball. Uh, right. Other than that, but other than that, man, that, that was it. Yeah. And don't forget how that was it. Don't forget old Howard Watts. Oh, oh Mr. Mr. Watts. <laughs> Our uh, audio visual. 
director at the high school that we worked under. Yes, we were yes, we were athletes who played in the band who worked in audiovisual. Now, <laughs> deal with that contradiction. <laughs> good, good. Wow. And and actually and he lived in the neighborhood, believe it or not. Right. He didn't he didn't live far from us. Uh, What's that? I said down to Street from Slim 18. Right. Well, I mean, it was the best thing about, <laughs> the funniest thing about working audiovisual was one time we were in charge of lights and the band had a concert and somebody had a trumpet solo and we were ordered to put a a white spot on him and some and somebody decided to put a blue spot on him. <laughs> different color spotlight on them and, and do do certain things. Isn't that right, Craig? <laughs> uh, see what happened was <laughs> I was always mischief. I always did stuff to, uh, to what I wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, we we, we just glad your mis your mis your mischievousness didn't land you in jail. <laughs> well, he almost got me killed. Well, you'd have been you were the second one. <laughs> okay. Somebody shot at Robert. Killed a coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> what was this? Uh, the donut shop. The very first donut shop. Uh, over on Keys Highway. Uh, Robert caught himself sneaking in. And, and a mind didn't hear him. And he made some kind of noise. And first thing you know, uh, Robert, mind come out shooting. <laughs> I didn't hear about this. Yeah, he so did. Killed and shot the coffee pot. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so the coffee pot left. I've never Other heard that, that story. Was... Yeah. Shot up yeah. the coffee pot. <laughs> no, I yeah. remember uh, Marty putting uh, Vaseline on the earpiece of the telephone and then calling Mr. Oh, Watts. Oh, and Mr. Watts. Oh, my God. <laughs> he put a glob. Oh, man, Mr. Watts got so mad. I think he kicked everybody out that day. Yeah, he kicked his... Well, he, what day he didn't kick everybody out? <laughs> no, this day he kicked everybody out and was hot. Yeah, because a lot of times he would kick us out and let the girls stay. <laughs> that day he, he got rid of us. Who did this? And we all just looked at him. He's like, damn it, who did this? Well, who put the grease on the phone in the first place? Marty did. <laughs> Oh, I thought Martin was the one who called. And he was the one that called. He put the priest on the phone, and then he went somewhere else and called him on a different school phone. So when he picked mm-hmm. it up, and he didn't even realize it, all laughing. Well, and well you like, know what he did, though. The problem with Mr. Wisewood, he would sit there, and he would do crossword puzzles. Right. And that's, all he, and that's probably where his attention was that day, on this crossword puzzle. Because he would always, but you know, we, he would always uh, send one of us to take care of a problem. Exactly. But anyway, we was cutting class about in anyway. All day. I wasn't. I was in whatever. Speaking of cutting class in Mr. Watts' office, I was in my senior year and I only had two. Okay, <laughs> so you was able to stay there all day. Yep. And one of them was selling donuts for <laughs> for walls. Right. <laughs> what were you saying, Craig? <laughs> Speaking of cutting glass in Mr. Watts' office, Craig, here come your aunt. Quit lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, your aunt's coming. Y'all lying. Quit lying. Knocked on that door. 
could have bought me for a nickel that day. <laughs> Beat you above the head and shoulders. So as we talk about this generation, is this generation as bad as uh this these young people now? Are they as bad as the world makes them out to be? Are they as bad as the or or are they that? For me, for me, I don't think they are bad. I just think they are misguided. They're misguided and taught no respect for anything. You know, they're not taught respect for themselves. Or, yeah, they're not taught for anything. Like I say, uh, no respect for anything themselves any, or anything or any, anybody else for for me you know i just think they just need to be guided there's with the world today you know it's uh it's not happening it's, it's you don't hold for me you you got to hold them accountable right and nobody and nobody holds anybody accountable as far as anything is concerned in, in my book you know especially with the younger generation at least with us back in the day you didn't turn an assignment you know, you was held accountable. You know, there, there were some kind of consequences for you not turning in your assignment. So just a matter of different things. And then try to look at a difference too, because being in the education factor, coaching, and all of that right now, you know, you, it, it's a difference. I'm sorry. Craig, your thoughts? These kids, they have no morals. They they just don't care. Because like you asked us about earlier about being 60. My goal growing up to make it was to make it at least 50. And these kids today are happy to be 30, which is crazy to me. To hear these kids say, I hope I make it to see 30. I'm like, 30? I'm looking What's wrong with y'all? And I agree with all that, but here's my point. Then whose fault is it? Their parents. Right. And that's where I always, the people we grew up. But you see, the, pro- the problem they got now, when we were being, when we were getting, when we were coming up, we were scared to go over Miss Blackshear House and do something because we got in trouble at Miss Blackshear House and we got in trouble at home. Today, there's no, there's no discipline. Half the time, these people don't even know who these kids are. Back then, parents want to know who you are, who your parents are. Today, it's just, oh, that's, that's, that's little Johnny. That's, 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 that's Cynthia. That's so-and-so. They don't care. So is, uh, in, in general, well... In general, is the world in trouble, and specifically, is St. Lu- is St. Louis in trouble? My opinion, no. Okay. And why you say that? I say that because the world is re- evolving. Even though it's evolving, we as people have to um, rise. You know, and I think we will. I think we will. Some common sense is going to kick in at some point. Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my behalf. Well, I think that's wishful thinking on all our our behalves. Yeah, so. But this will be, you know, how does St. Louis pull itself out of 
what it's going through. Well, it's, it, 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 I, I, I can't just say it's St. Louis. You know, I, I, I just can't. You know, people want to say it's St. Louis. It's crime no matter where you Any, it, There's crime, there's murders, there's all kinds of things no matter where you go. And so I just can't say it's St. Louis. So what, what happens in Minnesota? What happens in, in Texas? You know, Atlanta, you know, New York, DC. The same things are happening there, but nobody. Well, by, I, mean, I guess. Well, every, I guess we're saying it because this, this is where we are from. Right, and that was my my question in specific is that area. But you're right; it happens in in all major inner cities. What hope do? Okay. What this, this you- re- I, I think I got what you're saying. So this is for me. This is just for me. I think when society, when when they took out corporal punishment in schools, holding kids responsibility, no child left behind act, all of that played a part into where we are today as a society. No respect, no nothing for anybody or anything. I could just pass you on without anything. And it and it's ruining. Put it back in. Experiment with it, play with it, put it back in first, second grade. Hold these, hold them accountable. Hold them accountable first, second grade, and, and, and all the way up through high school, and see how they, see how that generation handles it, and see what happens. Yeah, I, I just think that's what needs to be done. I really do. Any thoughts, Craig? I think these kids are too idle. They don't have nothing to do. Back when we were coming up, we had to go home. We had to clean up. We had chores around the house. We couldn't do nothing until we got our chores done. And then when we got done with those, we would call each other. Hey, what you doing? Let's go do this. Let's go hang out. Let's do this. This kids, hey man, they we, don't have that. Wait a minute, man. We ain't had no phones to call nobody. You met, you met on the corner. We had the household the rotary. We had the household <laughs> <laughs> we had to, we had to meet on the corner, Lavity and Whittier. Yeah, that was the only phone we had. <laughs> but um, so has technology played a role in that separation? Uh, or isolation? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think. We had what was the game? Uh, uh, you you brought up earlier. Uh, you had we had the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Not the Nintendo. Oh, Kelly had all them games. I used, I used to go around Robin House and play all them games. Art, uh, Not Atari. Those. What, was, what was the first one? Atari. Oh, uh, Tech Mobile. Atari. No, no, no. The Atari, where we, all you had to play was tennis, hoop. Yeah. A ping pong. Pong. Oh, pong. <laughs> That would be a song. <laughs> but I, I, don't think, think, I don't think kids today could play that game. They couldn't. Well, I have, life, it's not lifelike. I have a uh, remake of the Atari system, and I've played my son on different games. He can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> he can't handle the one dimension moving. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's them of today's world. Right. But... 
but technology has made us better. I'm not going to say that it hasn't, but I just think for me, as far as the way society is today, it's responsibilities. It's total responsibilities. There is none for anything you do. Anything you do, there's no responsibility for it. So, so do you think we ever get back to a point where um, accountability is in place in households and Uh, it would be very hard. It would be very hard to, to if it's not done in the household, it's, it's not going to be done. And you're right. It has to be done in the household first. And if, but households nowadays don't know how right. to hold, how, how to even get you to be re responsible. Well, yeah. and we can do a whole nother episode on, on this point, which is with the um, the advent of well, the, the welfare basically taking welfare systems, taking hold of inner cities, uh, splitting the family unit and um, and just causing, a, you know, causing a wedge within the, you know, the nuclear family. Um, a lot of damage has been done. And also the other thing was there's not, and I hate to use the term programs, but uh, plans and uh, um, I, don't, I guess systems, for lack of a better term, where you, you learn skills as a youth to, like I spent summers at the U.S. Attorney's Office, are things like like that where you, you, you gain knowledge, but you also interacted with others, on, you know, who weren't like you. And um, be it even black people who maybe had better jobs and better homes. And it, and it kind of instilled, it increased that uh, work effort effort that was instilled in you by your parents but it wanted it made you want more and better for yourself how do we get this generation to want more and better for themselves and you know they have to be taught it right they have to be taught and, and, and being taught that is is not for me well you be to be taught that you have to Show them at an early age. You have to show them at an early age. There's more to life than a gun, right. crime. You know, walking around with your pants around your butt. You know, you have to teach them. You know that way. So that's it for me. Just teaching. Well. I'll end this talk on this with this question. You guys have something in common I do not have. <laughs> and I want you to, and Craig kind of spoke about it a little bit earlier. Grandchildren. How is it to have grandchildren? Craig? <laughs> I am very, very, very 
happy with brown sugar. It's, it's, a, it's, it's different. I mean, when you only you only have you only have one son, you don't have them no more, and you're married into a family with, but you've been there for all the kids, so they're yours. And to see each one of them grow up, and it's sometimes it's like with this generation, I'm I feel like I'm their daddy more than their their mom and their dad are, because these days they can't control them, and I tell them what to do, and they'll listen to me because they know they don't what happened to them. We do the landing on them. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> what does it, it mean to well, you be a grandparent, a grandfather? Uh, it's great. I mean, my seven grands, one boy, six girls, are everything to me. You know, they are uh, these girls. It, it's just watching them grow. Hearing, hear, for me, hearing pop off, pop off, pop off. And, Tell me about it. And there's happiness. There's happiness in that pop off. You know, they don't see no wrong in their pop off. You know what I'm saying? So it's a perfect world. So you're willing to do like your grandparents did you. Whenever you see them, you put a dollar in their pocket, two dollars in their pocket. You take them to the store. So those, that, that's what it means to me. I mean, it's just, you know, being a dad, you know, it was great. I wouldn't change for the world, but to be a grandfather, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I know you guys have got things to do, and I gotta also. I gotta run somewhere now myself. I gotta. I got a softball glove to go repair, make a little money on the side here. Um, but um. Just to close things, you guys got any final thoughts, Craig? Hey, John. Yo. Before you go, say hi to my wife. <laughs> Your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say hi, Karina. Hi, Karina. <laughs> hi, Brian. Oh, hi. How you doing? <laughs> I was like, Your wife? I was like, What is he talking? Who is that? Hello, Mr. <laughs> He got one. Yeah, I know he does, but he just threw me off by the fact that he, he didn't. You didn't know I left home yet? Well, not only that, but he didn't say that here's my wife. You just said. You just got in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts? And, and look, and she calling me, and she calling me again. <laughs> so we better end this before I lose two very good friends. <laughs> So, exactly. <laughs> I want to thank you guys not only for doing this, but for your uh, friendship and your uh, partnership over the years. Um, thanks for being there, and thanks for being there for each other and um, holding each other accountable when we were young and um, raising your your families to be productive people. That's what we know. And thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. For both of us. Bulldogs for life. <laughs> well, Friends for life. This has been uh, the JB's Low Tech Podcast with Craig Tippett and Brian Golston. Or as my friends know them, Slim and Country, here on the <laughs> JB's Low Tech Podcast. Yeah. Bye. You better get beat up. Bye. <laughs> when you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and 
trust. Congratulations to all the Minnesota businesses that scraped through the last year. It sure hasn't been easy, but we've done it together. And while we certainly need to move forward, it's good to reflect on what we've been through and the many losses. Here at Bradshaw and Bryant, we held a lot of Zoom meetings, increased our phone calls, and have done our best to keep up with all the changes while continuing to provide quality work. We'd like to thank everyone that turned to us with their personal injury and criminal needs, as well as the courtrooms for bringing the community back together to serve justice. We look forward to being part of Minnesota's growth and success for many years to come. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything till you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Well, folks, the season is finally here. What season? Baseball and softball season, of course. Are you ready? What about you players out there? Are you ready? Is your equipment ready? What about that glove you've been using? What about that uniform you've been wearing year after year? Well, I tell you what, if it needs to be repaired, bring it to JB's Glove Repair. He'll have you together in no time. That's J-A-Y-B-E-E-S Glove Repair. With over 30 plus years of experience, he'll have you ready by game time. That's J-A-Y-B-E-E-S Glove Repair. Again, I'd like to thank my buddies, Brian Slim Ghoston and Craig Country Tippett for being on with me today and have, uh, allowing me to test out having two people on at once. Reliving the fun times back in the old neighborhood it wasn't hard to make good friends like that, but it also hasn't been hard to keep them either. What a great group I grew up with. And uh, I hope Slim didn't get beat too bad with that broom. Until next time, we'll talk to you later here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. I want to show some love for the hilarious Mr. JB. The Black Avenger. Godfrey Cambridge's Gravedigger Jones. Raymond St. Jock is Coffinhead Johnson. Look out for a brother, man. What you gonna play now? Is it going crazy? I sure am hungry. You're black. He was as big as Muhammad Allah. Black is beautiful. I know. Uh...